Hey, listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Did you know that it is Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Carden, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meath. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Hey, everybody, as a special little holiday gift from yours truly, um, I went through our archives of episodes, and I wanted to give you a little special something, a special re-release of my talk with Jennifer Aniston, who I adore. And this was recorded in 2021, just after the Friends reunion. Um, It's a doozy. And I thought it might be fun to go back and have another listen. Enjoy. We did it. Finally. We put this together. I can't believe it. Between our two schedules, I'm so happy to have you. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to be had. And it's been worth the wait. Well, you say that now. There's a lot of talking to be done. I know. We just started. What am I saying? Rob? I'm I'm in what they call hot Atlanta. Atlanta. <gasps> oh yes. Now you must have sh- you've shot here so right? many times. So many, so many times. times. Yeah. I I think let's see. Uh, one two three four. Five, I mean a lot. Really? Yeah. See, I this is my first time shooting here, and it is like yeah. being in a wet blanket. I know. Time. It's really unpleasant. It's an unpleasant experience. Especially, don't run outside, whatever you do. I was thinking about actually doing that today. It's funny you say that because I got off early and I'm thinking, maybe I'll run through these because be- it's so beautiful. I'm like, oh, it's gorgeous. But you just, I think I would, um, I, w- I, would, I would end up in the hospital. You'd melt into the pavement and it won't, yes. be, it won't be worth it. It's much better to be in a nice air-conditioned uh, gymnasium. Okay, so I was looking over all this stuff about you, which makes me laugh. It's always funny when I, when I'm interviewing somebody that I know and love, but like then I get like the factoids. Okay, first <laughs> of all, Telly Savalas really is your godfather. Really, is that true? A hundred percent. I have a picture I could show you, but the, the people at home wouldn't know what I'm showing you. Okay. Yes. I want to know. So we were both wanted to be actors when we were kids. You, I mean, your father was an actor, obviously, but yeah, you knew you wanted to do it how young would you say 11 
11. So I'm eight. So right. I was 11. What was what was the early auditioning period like for you? I love sharing audition horror stories. It's my favorite. I want to do a coffee table book. Here's wait. Here's what I really want to do. A coffee table book. Did you ever have what they called a composite? When you were like doing your baseball or your nerd look or the sort of sciencey person. Yeah. No, I didn't. We didn't have that. My mom took my headshots. Oh, you kept it in house. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But my mom was a headshot photographer for a spell. Oh. She did a lot of things. One of them being headshot photographer for a period of time. So it was it worked in my favor. And then I remember moving out to California when I, when I was 20 and needing new headshots. And I had to borrow 100 bucks from my friend to say, can I please, I need, I have no money and I need to get headshots. Did you have somebody in your auditioning life that was always like your cursed, like foiled again by so-and-so who got the pilot that you didn't want? Because I, I for a minute had a guy named Raphael Savarge. He was – Tim Hutton used to just kill me for a long time. Really? Yeah, Tim Hutton. He was so funny. He was one to be – he was a nemesis. Um, yeah. Did you have a nemesis? I didn't. No. I don't really think. No, I didn't. I mean, I I always was definitely the callback queen. I, I used to always get a callback, always get a callback. And then it would just I would I was very comfortable with never getting the job. I, I wasn't like, oh, God, again. But I kind of I don't it was always a shock when it worked, when it happened. And I, same thing with whenever a show would get picked up. I was. I was used to doing a show, a show and having it go, you know, six to t- 13 episodes and then they'd you'd get canceled and you'd do another one. So like when Friends was picked up for the back nine or whatever, I was like, what's that? <laughs> yeah, the back nine. We're going golfing? We're going golfing on the yeah, back nine? What? what? It was such a big deal. But auditions were just ugh, awful. Am I wrong that they really wanted you for Friends, but there was some other really hot pilot who was hot and you were like... It was going to happen, and like it was the thing, and you were on it. And they're like, "Damn it, we got to get Aniston for this." And then, no, Friends was that hot pilot. Why? I was on another show. Oh, I was on a show called Muddling Through, um, and then I w- and then we weren't sure if that was getting picked up, so I was then auditioning. So I got Friends in second position. We don't use these terms. We don't say these things anymore, do we? I mean, second position. I think. I think to remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think to the uninitiated, second position sounds a lot more interesting than muddling through. Yes, literally. I loved that show. I had nothing. It was nothing against that show, but I was. I when I had read that script for Friends, it was all you know my contemporaries, and it was a group of. It was my the life I had actually been living at the time in Laurel Canyon with. with my friends, we all lived on the same street in this, you know, in Laurel Canyon on a street called Beach Knoll. And we were all in these little rentals scattered through the, this one street. And we would pop over just to each other's houses randomly. And then friends came along, you know, of course, in my brain, I'm like, I manifested this. And then that was it. I always think about because I'm so shallow and narcissistic yeah, and all, so you know, all I care about is my own looks and other people's looks that I instantly think about the Rachel, the famous Rachel haircut. And the day that I just, I just like to imagine you and Chris McMillan sitting in front of a mirror (laughs) going, what do you think? Like this lane? No. Or what about that? I mean, I wish it was a conversation. I wish it was so much. I wish it was that I was, a. I had literally no idea what even getting your hair done was. I mean, except for like walking into a random 
store and, and like Supercuts or um, St. Mark's. What was that? Astor Place yeah. in New York City. <laughs> yeah, remember yeah, downtown? Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just go wait in line and someone would just give you a haircut, whether you didn't have, you had no say in what it was. They just sort of did it. Uh, so, and then when I met, it was, my manager had sent me to Chris McMillan, basically saying like, this is a disaster. <laughs> you need to go. We need to fix this. And then make it look like a TV star. Something. Yeah. And then I went into Chris's chair and he just, I said, hi, nice to meet you. And then he just like Edward Scissorhands chopped it all up and that was it. And then I was left, left with it. It, was, it wasn't an, it wasn't a very manageable haircut to do on, on one's own. So. There's, there has to have been a men's version of the Rachel, i.e. a haircut that some actor showed up with, act, male actor, and people went, oh my. I, you know what? It might be your ex's Brad in the Tank movie because everybody had to have that haircut. In the which one? The Tank movie. Uh, Fury. Tank? Oh, but the buzz cut? Yeah, the Fury haircut. Yeah, everybody had that haircut after Fury. Everybody. What about uh, you, though? You know what I watched recently? Because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm. And it literally, I had this, I went through this period during the quarantine. I mean, it feels like yesterday, but time is really means nothing to me these days. Because what was yesterday was actually a year ago. And what was a year ago was yesterday. Yes. Um, St. Elmo's Fire. Oh. With your, you had that a mullet. Remember oh, yeah. how that look was kind of a big, big, big deal in the in the eighties. The mullet was big time. I mean, that short on top and a tight kind of at the side, and then it went a little shaggy at the bottom. Yeah, it was. It was supposed to be hair extensions. Joel Schumacher, the director, wanted me to actually have hair extensions, and I got lost on the way to the hair extension guy's place in the valley. <laughs> what they did that back then? Yes, I'd never even heard of them. I didn't know what they were. Wow. But apparently, my hair was already, that was what my hair was like. So what would yeah. they have extended it to? Like, what, my butt? Like, how long would it have been? Exactly. What was Joel going for? And you know what? We watched that. I'm sorry to go back to this. We watched that right before. When did he pass away? This um, summer. About, about right? a year ago. Yeah, just about a year ago. Boy, I miss movies like that. He wanted to make a Manhattan for young people. And so it sort of had that kind of like, it, 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 it treated those kids. People like it. It's like the same thing Friends did. Friends, you know, it, it treated mm -hmm. those young characters with respect. And like it was like mm -hmm. and they were both funny and goofy and all that stuff. But it wasn't like it didn't feel pandering or any of that. You know what I mean? And I think that's why people yeah. like that that movie so much still. And why it, was they, very, it was very simple. It was a, there was something that was just very relatable that you had, a, it was easily identifiable and you kind of, it was you. It was just an extension of the audience having an experience, a human experience. Very simple. And right? yes, and, and I think it's, it's, again, the same experience you had with friends. I think you, they wanted you for a different part, but you wanted to play Rachel. Is that what I'm thinking? Or they, they had, they wanted me for Monica and they wanted court for Rachel. That was who, that was the age that might, so I got the audition to, you know, and that was to, for Monica Geller. And then I read the script and I said, I feel like I'd have more fun with Rachel. And Court had the same instinct. She read it and thought, hmm, I feel a little bit more like a Monica. I love that because I, I, they wanted me to play the Judd Nelson part in 
seen on this fire. In fact, they didn't want to see me at all. I was listening to Molly Ringwald, by the way, speaking of this period of time in those movies and Judd Nelson. You wanted you auditioned for The Breakfast Club for the Judd Nelson role. Yeah, John Hughes was not having what I was selling. That was the other thing. Did you ever have somebody who just was not in the Jennifer Aniston business, no matter what you did? All, everybody. <laughs> I could not get... You don't understand. I couldn't get commercials. I There was like a period of time I, I, where I just was like, I, I'm just going to be a professional waitress who like auditions on the side. There was nobody having my, what I was serving, serving up. up. It just wasn't, wasn't my thing. I mean, honestly, until uh, I'm trying to think of what my first um, job was. Oh, it was a, I, I, a Bob's Big Boy commercial. That was the first job I got was a Bob's. Big boy commercial. Did you have any any and, dialogue? Uh, shrimp's up. Shrimp. The shrimp is up or something. And I wasn't even Bob's big boy. I was the I was the fast food chain of not what not to go to. So I wasn't even representing Bob's big boy. I was sort of the waitress at the not don't go to this. Oh, place. oh, I you see. Go to Bob's big boy. I that had my one of my first was Carl's Jr. Oh wow! And um, I my I had dialogue. Mine was I've got taste. Those little moments, those little tiny wins will just end up being a big, big win eventually if, if, if you can't kind of. I think it also has something to do with not really being that attached to an outcome. Right. Right. I think it's like just enjoy where where you're at. There was a, there was a, I wouldn't say a lack of ambition, but I didn't have that like I've got to get to that like, you know, that place. I was just kind of enjoying the ride. You have way better perspective than I had. But you're chill. You're a very chill. I I mean, that's my impression of you. I think it's a good mm-hmm. one, right? You're chill. Yeah. Do you but do you practice TM? Did I did I see this right? Yes. I am loving TM, transcendental meditation. Wonderful. Um yes. do okay, I need to get some ha- life hacks as they say. Okay. Do you okay. religiously do it twice a day? No. Okay, good. I feel good. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, it's something, you know, I, but I do notice when I do it twice a day, there is mm-hmm. a noticeable difference it, and I can't, I wouldn't, I can't put my finger on what that is because it's not really tangible, but I feel a difference. Same. No idea what it, what it is. And if I, if I'm not, um, keeping up with that practice, uh, there's a noticeable difference and it feels something just feels off. For me, what it is, is I'm just way less irritable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. W- would you say you're a structure, you like structure? Yes. I, I, I don't idle well. Mm-hmm. Let's say that. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, I, I, I'm happy in my own company. Yeah. And I'm, I love to, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. And I'm happy to sit and, and daydream. Mm-hmm. Yes. And do nothing. But. For only for a period of time, though. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. Only for a very succinct period. Who? How did you get into TM? Who turned you on to it? Uh, it was a. It was. It was David Lynch benefit it, at Radio City Music Hall in two thousand and nine or ten. It was like mm-hmm. the David Lynch Foundation. Uh, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr were going to be performing for the first time together. Jerry Seinfeld did did some stand up, and I remember just learning about it and seeing these the film this this clip that they put together. Of the Beatles and and I mean even Howard Stern was there because he's a big TM guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just taken by it, and I thought this is something I want to really look into. And then a couple of years later, I think it was actually two, twenty 
the, ne the next year I, I met, I found a wonderful person named Penny who came and sort of gave me my mantra and took me through a few days and like an hour a day for five days. You, yep. you sit and you kind of go through what it is you learn about it. And it's just, and that was it. When I got my mantra and it's, it's my mantra to this day and I'm, we're sticking to it. My friend got, had a, had a frustrating experience because he really, he got a mantra that he cannot, the word, the, the mantra, I, he identifies it with something really negative in his li life. So, and he's, he, I remember him saying, like, I need to change my mantra. And they, the person was like, you actually can't, you, you are, you're stuck with it for, for life. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. So I hope you like your mantra. Summer is almost here. Are you ready to throw open your windows or throw them away? If they're drafty, foggy, or impossible to clean, talk to your friends at Window World. Window World specializes in home transformation with beautiful, energy-efficient windows, entry doors, and siding, featuring Energy Star certification and the good housekeeping seal. Call 1-800-WINDOW-WORLD Schedule your free consultation and tell them you heard about it here on Literally with Rob Lowe. Window World, America's exterior remodeler. Well, you know, no two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas, vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activity allow for such an infinite number of different travel experiences. I mean, I love Texas. I go like this. The people of Dallas, the culture of Austin, and I love any time I get there. If you're a beach person, well, you can go have fun in the sun with Texas 350 miles of coastline. If you're a rugged vacation type, there's campgrounds, hiking trails, state parks, golf is nuts there, foodies, you got your Texas barbecue and live music in Austin. And of course, if you're into the cowboy scene, you can certainly find it there. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom trip matched to their own unique interests. So visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality amazing smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. 
Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. A survey conducted by two Hollywood plastic surgeons. Oh, Do you know where this is going no. at? No. A survey conducted by two Hollywood plastic surgeons amongst their patients of what the perfect woman looks like. Jennifer Aniston was voted in the top three most sought after body shapes, oh. along with Giselle Bunchkin Whoa. and Penelope Cruz. Whoa. How about them apples. Huh? Huh? Jeez, I need to. Huh? What on earth? People come in and they go, I would like that body type. And then they kind of, uh, yeah. I mean, I understand that with a haircut coming in and saying, you know, I did that with Valerie Bertinelli. I walked into Vidal Sassoon oh. when I was a kid, right? Oh, and I wanted yes, that little did. one day at a time shag. Yes. She had yes. that Angora sweater, red Angora sweater on the cover of People magazine. <laughs> this is like from 1912. And I walked so in and, and handed that haircut. But a body I shape, I don't understand that request. It's sort of sad, actually, when you think about that so many people. And I think that's a, a bit of a, an unfortunate part of social media today is that is creating those kind of desires of, of, you know, things that are not real or attainable, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad that my kids, first of all, I think it's tougher for girls than boys. And I'm, and I'm glad that my kids were, um, the last generation to really come up yes. in their formative years with, without social media. I feel the same way. Aren't we lucky though? I'm so lucky. Apparently when you finally decided to break down and join Instagram, that you broke the world record for fastest time to reach a million followers on Instagram, five hours and 16 minutes. That was my goal. You know, I, I you got to have goals. And that was one of mine. And uh, I think I actually have a, I have a plaque actually from the Guinness Book of World Records. Dude, that's so good. No, I you're know. kidding me. Listen, Isn't that cool? It's so, it, I should have it up in my office. It, listen, the great Ty Cobb said it isn't bragging if you've done it. Just stating the fact. Records are made to be broken. Let's face it. Sure. Yeah. And it says something. Like who breaks the record is almost as important as getting the record in the first place, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Check this out. How cool is this? Your record was broken by Sir David Attenborough. That is absolutely incredible, which also I find that that also says something. Right? I think so. I recently uh, joined and it's not coming out of my mouth. It just it, it, I want to murder my own self. But <laughs> I, uh, TikTok. I was at this dinner with a with a bunch of tech guys and they were like look tiktok is is at right now a lot of stupid dances and the new iterations of ice bucket challenges and dogs dancing and stuff but what it eventually is going to be where is where you're going to get all your news you're going to get every it's going to be the biggest thing in the world it is absolutely going to be the biggest thing in the world the biggest company in the world it already is in in china it is not even in china it's where everybody does everything it's like you get your news, you do everything. It's not this goofy sort of adolescent thing that it feels like it is here. And it's going to age up into that eventually in our country. So get on it now. And do it. So but aren't they just like sec, like 20 second clips? I mean, listen, I don't like, even know. Yeah, but you still about. get your news. Like, um, in 20 I got, seconds. 
I, I got more information about pulling out of Afghanistan off TikTok. Then I, I have no idea what if we're even talking about the same thing. Because I No, we are, but I didn't know that's what it was. I literally <gasps> thought it was, here's a panda bear and he's dancing. Yeah. And it is that. But it, it's also is this happened five minutes ago at the ba- at Bagram Air Force Base. I'm going to do a deep dive on that. You do a, you do, do a deep dive on it. Um, okay, I want to talk to you about the morning show because I'm, I'm loving it. Are you did, – did you find it different at all coming back to um, – to television and and it's such a different world don't you think doing whatever eight or ten episodes however many you guys do versus 22 you would sometimes do 22 friends right 22 we would do 22 episodes and then we would have um what they called wraparounds which were sort of you would shoot over a couple weeks and they would piece it together and, and it would become one show but going back to television it doesn't it feels so different now because i mm-hmm. feel like we're just shooting a movie yeah it feels like you're shooting a movie but you're just doing you know there's way more material in in a day it's kill it's killer killer good or killer bad both (laughs) it's like it's killed me i'm still we're still in post on season two um and everything you know shooting a show during a pandemic especially of that proportion being a news show within a show yeah. It was just like it, it's it was it's enough to put you under your covers for a long time. And you obviously produce the show as well. So when mm-hmm. and you know, post it's is it very hands on for you? Do you do you enjoy post as much as the rest of it? I love being in an editing room. Um, right. And and we get to, you know, that that's what the fun is. And even, we even had the, we just recently had this like creative disagreement amongst our producers about our finale. And it was just. It was just, it was very exciting and invigorating as, as, as well as frustrating, but just to have, be able to have that conversation and have that collaboration and respect everybody so, so much that, that, um, you know, you eventually when you say, okay, I'm going to lay down my sword, not going to fall on it for this one. Those are, those are fun and exciting moments. And I just love everybody that we, I get to work with all of every single one of them. It's a great cast. I, it, the thing I love about you is you yeah. really embrace and enjoy your time away from work. Like you have, you have fun. I do. You have fun. I know you're, you've always been a big Cabo girl. Do you like Cabo still as much as I do? I do. Well, it's also really easy to get to. It's a quick, right. it's a nice quick, you know, flight. Um, but I haven't been on a plane since January 2020. I haven't gone anywhere. No. No. Really? Mm-mm. Where do you try that? Do you remember MGM Air? Yes. We just were talking about this. What Was that like the Concorde, you mean? No. No. MGM Air was, it was like this late 80s, mid 80s, late 80s, into the 90s, and then it was over. And it was like this, these planes that had like staterooms in them and like couches, and you would get on it. But you would never know who was going to be. It wasn't a private plane. It was a plane anybody could buy a ticket on. It was expensive. Mm-hmm. But you never know who was going to be on it or or more importantly, who you'd be trapped next to. Oh, Like dear. on a couch. Oh. I just remember being trapped next to Ed McMahon. Oh, my God. And he, his little <laughs> daughter was like, Daddy, are you drinking another one of your stinky tonics? <laughs> And him looking over at me going, <laughs> I don't know what she means. <laughs> Stinky taunt. Was, I mean. And McMahon. I do remember being on Mulholland doing a hike when I used to live up in Laurel Canyon. 
and I would uh, run into he and his wife that would be on taking their walks on Mulholland. Was he drinking a stinky tonic? Uh, not at that time. It was usually pretty early. Um, I wasn't uh, up on his habits and his times of the day when he began his, to partake in his tonics. But um, I think at this point of the day and the day, he was pretty much cleaning out the day before. Did you ever have a disastrous talk show appearance? Uh, th- yes and no. My very first time <laughs> I was on Jay Leno, I remember... The guest who was, it was Michael Keaton, was the guest before me. Amazing. And he ran out my time. <gasps> you got bumped. I got bumped by Michael Keaton. And I remember it was it was the beginning of Friends. It was the first year of Friends. And of course, I was, I did my own hair. I did my own makeup. I had my outfit. And, uh, and then I was sitting and just so nervous and... A ridiculous, overwhelming feeling of relief came over when they said you were bumped, but also a huge disappointment at the same time. And I took my little yeah. Jay Leno basket of treats and my whatever little flower baskets, and I just was in the limo that they had hired for me to get there. And just remember sort of driving back home and taking my basket from the Jay Leno show and going through it. And then I went back like two weeks later put the same outfit on. I did the exact same thing and I got the same basket. And you killed it. That I don't know. I don't remember. I might have killed it depending on what that means, but something happened. You know, I did I did Kudrow's Who Do You Think You Are? It was one of the most fun things I ever did. I, I cannot wait. I Wasn't it? See, now, did you? And they really are lock and key. Like, they don't let you know anything. Oh. They are deadly serious about it. So for those of you who may not have seen the show, Lisa produces, still does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a show called Who Do You Think You Are? And they literally call you up and go, hey, so we would like to put a team of genealogists on you for the next year. And if they find something interesting, then the protocol is you will have eight days of shooting you won't know where you're shooting or what you're shooting. All, all we will tell you is bring a passport and we will tell you what climate of clothes to hair. That's it. That's all they tell you. And it's and it's eight days, which yeah. like it's hard. I was like, do I really want that's such a hassle? And yet it commit. it's the best thing I ever did. If you if you haven't done it and you have the opportunity, I'm telling you. What if you have no history? <laughs> well, you know, the worst thing is and they do find this when they it's the only thing worse than finding nothing. Is finding something. Is finding out like your great grandfather was in the Gestapo. Oh god. Which they also do they they find that stuff for sure. Yeah. There have been a couple of folks like like where they have stories like, you know what, we won't be telling yeah. that story. But now are you are you able to have them keep in, I mean what 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 does happen? It's, it's it's all happening live. I mean on camera. There's no bad surprise. Right. Right? They're, they're never gonna do that. Um, I have to see your episode. I'm so excited now. There's something I get to watch. It's super emotional. It explained so much to me about why I think the way I think and what I'm interested. The the really radical thing was why I am interested in specific things down to why I designed my house in the manner in which I designed it. That's incredible. Transform your bathroom cleaning with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner. You just spray today and rinse tomorrow. 
for a no-scrub clean. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, this is your once-a-week solution to keeping your tub and shower surfaces sparkling clean. Available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. Join thousands who've switched to an easier clean. Get your wet and forget weekly shower cleaner today and make your bathroom sparkle with zero scrubbing. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy, thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your pup. They deserve to be spoiled every month. At Bark, we send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, we give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com Rob for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's get back to petting our dogs. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here, there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.5. For seconds, it is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little, little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. Was the reunion for you everything you thought it would be or... What what are you what's your what were your thoughts on it? Were you always down to do it? Did you not know whether you wanted to do it? like what was that like for you? We didn't know what 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 it would look like. I mean, we we'd been hearing about it for a long time. We knew that people wanted it, fans really wanted some kind of a reunion. But I unwrap a perfectly packaged you know, leave it where it was. It, it's let's not disrupt it. So when Ben Winston, our producer director, kind of came to each of us with his idea it just resonated with all of us and it didn't sound like something that would cheapen or tarnish something that was perfectly left in a in a in its place um and we just but i think it really took us all down way harder than we anticipated really oh for sure because in, in your mind it's you think oh this will be really fun to time travel it turns out Ooh, ouch, it's kind of hard to time travel because you're going back to a time. And mind you, 
It is, when I say the set was put back exactly, it was the exact same everything, down to the little tchotchkes on the shelves and little tiny things that had been in a storage space for this whole time. All of a sudden, here you are, and, you know, 16 years, a lot has gone on for each of us. And 16 years ago, we were all sort of wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and sort of had our whole lives ahead of us, even though we were heartbroken to say goodbye to the, these 10 years and this family and these people and this the, the job we all love to do. And it brought so much joy to fans and, and ourselves. I mean, it was just... It was like having a happy pill every single day. Um, and then, so, so going back there, you, you're, you're, it's, it's nostalgic in a way that's, that's kind of also a little melancholy, you know, because a lot has changed and we had a, we have um, all gone down different roads, not so easy and some easy and not some not so easy for, for each of us, you know. Even for fans, I think, to watch it and they go, oh, yeah, this is, like you said, time travel, you know, be careful what you ask for. Uh-huh. You know, it was great. People loved it, obviously. Yeah. But I think there's an added second concussion effect of like when you, when, when you, when you do, right? Yeah. No, a hundred, a hundred percent. It was, it was brutal. And you also can't turn it off. You know, it's not like you're like, this is, there, there are cameras everywhere and I can't stop crying. Was was there anything really really gnarly that they had to take out? Do you think, or was oh, it I'm just... sure there was. We, there was a period where we were all kind of in a puddle, and that that for sure. Maybe David didn't. I don't think we broke David. But even LeBlanc broke. Jeez. At one point, you know, Mister Mister Tough Guy, you know, my our, our Mr. brother, impenetrable, Mister Impenetrable, our big you know brother who would kill anybody if they looked at you wrong. Even he got a little misty. Uh, I have a very special recollection because I was working on the West Wing yeah. on the same lot. That's and right. I just remember you guys would roll in. Well, it wasn't so much you as the boys. The boys would roll in in the most amazing cars, like around, maybe around noon, maybe one o'clock. <laughs> I don't know. I'd already, I was, I was already on my fifth meal penalty oh, for lunch. Oh, gosh. And, yeah. And then it was like, I was like, this is the charmed life. You guys, Friday nights, you taped on Fridays, yep, correct? Yep. Yes. Friday nights, I remember it well. You guys would come in, you'd tape. And that was the big day. Friday's the biggest day of work, that was right? The long, well, yeah. We used to wrap it. Midnight was an early night. But it was usually like two in the morning. And then we figured it out. And you were there for how many hours? So on the horrible 2 a.m. nights, Oof. we were just warming up mm. over on stage 24. Because oh, our first year of West Wing, on Friday on Fridays, we did not leave the lot until Sunday morning <gasps> when the sun was coming up. Not once. Not one Friday. Not once ever. So you had a Friday, basically. You had a Friday. Man, that's brutal. I have to say, now uh, with this kind of television schedule, that was that was an incredible schedule. To go in at, to at 10 a.m., we were done by <laughs> 5 and then know. you're, you know, God forbid, on Friday you have a sort of a tw- little bit of a, more than a twelve-hour day, which is a luxury these days. Totally. Um, what? So you're in post now. What's the next six months? What are you doing? Any, are you chilling? You got? No, I start. I'm going to start Murder Mystery Two with Mr. Sandler in Jan- January. 
Where Okay, where are you shooting it, more importantly? Because I know he always shoots in great locations. He really does. That's kind of why I love, I mean, not only do I just love him as a human being and yes. everything he's about. Uh, we're, we're figuring that out right now. But we are hoping Ooh. it will be in a tropical location. Yes. And then in a European location. Okay, I, I vote for... Okay, um, oh, this is good, yes. For sure, because I've never seen a movie shot there. Uh-huh. I say the Maldives. Oh, we brought that up. It's very hard. It's very hard. It's gonna be very. Oh, yeah. The only thing was shot in the Maldives is one of the one of the new Star Wars did some stuff at the Maldives. Uh, it's you just go uh, shoot. I think you should shoot in George Clooney's guest house in Lake Cuomo. We already did that. <laughs> we did that the first. We were literally. I mean, we were in literally just to sort of plug your show <laughs> yes. in in Lake Cuomo for three weeks. That's right. You just go back. It's a sequel. You got to have some of the same stuff. And someone's going to die. It's going to be it's going to be a mystery that that we know. And there's a bunch of other things that are on the docket. I don't I do. I I am looking when you say what is the next six months. I know that the next three months are just going to be taking a break and I will leave the the house eventually. You're going to have to get on a plane. I'm going to have to get on a plane. But where? Is the question. That, well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, clearly it's got to be somewhere you want to go, not somewhere you have to go. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to go. To, I really want to go to New York and miss the city. Do you like New York City? I do. Lo- I do love it. What do you, how do you feel about trains? I'm telling you, oh, if you've never a tra- done a train. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the best is to get a sleeper car yeah. and just go. That I've never done a sleeper car, but I, that's something that I actually would love to do. Get a sleeper car. It's so romantic and so old school. Like, and then they're amazing. The other thing you could do is you could rent your own Pullman car. They'll put it on the back of a train and you and friends can, you could like, yeah, it's pretty, I had a friend who did it, it was nuts. I've never heard of that. A Pullman car? Yeah, yeah. You, you can get your, uh, there's different ones you can get. You can get an observation car. It lives, you know, three bedrooms, a chef. Wow. Well, you've just solved my next three months. You've just literally mapped it out for me. I feel very you, grateful. The only thing is you want to do it before it snows. Okay. You should seriously, I was so jealous of you. Too. I've always wanted to do it. I was re- researched it and I've never pulled the trigger on it. Maybe it's something you need to do in the next six months. It is something. Maybe I just go with you. Okay. Maybe we Let's, just get all of our friends together. Get and we'll all of our peoples. Get a Pullman car and we'll hook, hook our wagon to some wonderful train. And then there we go. I like it. That's good. Um, uh, my wife, Cheryl, sends her love to you. Oh, I just was thinking about her the other day. She has, she said, tell Jen, I'm under very specific instructions why I'm supposed to say. Yes. She has some new gold. (gasps) She wants to get to you. Is this code for something? No, it's her new, it sounds like drugs. (laughs) Her fall line is is built around gold. And she's like, I have some stuff I specifically designed for her. I really got to see her and I want to give her that. Your wife has opened me up to so many incredible experiences that I've had. I have to say. Has she? Yes. I've met so many people through her who have been life-changing. And I just appreciate her. And I was thinking it's been so long. I mean, I first met your wife, Cheryl, when she did my makeup on a... Um, she hadn't done... It was Paul Rudd. Yeah. Was it with the Paul Rudd movie? That, that's right. And she had not... And she had put down her makeup brushes, but she kind of came out of retirement to do my... To do this pickup. And I remember she did right. my eyebrows and no one had ever done my eyebrows like that. She's she's kind of a genius. She wife. really is. And she just has her she has her hands in so many different areas of life that that makes this one rich, wonderful, gorgeous human being. 
I know. I know. She's she's pretty great. I, we miss you. So we we have to. You got to come up to Santa Barbara. I know. There's like you're all up in Santa Barbara now too. So I, I feel so many of your friends are up there. I know it. It's I've I've keep trying to get my butt up there. I want to help you pick your Pullman car. I really do. I'm gonna. So. I'm, that's the first thing I'm gonna Google when we hang up this wonderful conversation. Um, all right, darling. I love you. Love it was you. so great to see you. You look amazing. So this was awesome. Thanks for taking the time. And everybody, don't forget to watch the morning show. When is the n- new season come out so people know? September 17th. September it's, it's 17th. Upon it's literally well, upon that us. Tells me, that tells me you better get the post finished. No, I'm literally going to go from the... I have a meeting after this, and then I have to go to ADR for the finale. And then we'll... Then we get... And then I think that's... We're practically finished. Make that round of applause. Round of applause. Thank you, darling. That was great. She's lovely, isn't she? She's pretty lovely. And in celebration of having such a great talk, I'm going to have a wig made in the shape of a Rachel. The shape of the Rachel? No, the style of the Rachel. I'm going to do that to honor her and her graciousness for coming on literally. All right, everybody. It is time for the lowdown line. Let's do it. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hello, Mr. Lowe. This is Ryan Guy, physical therapist here in Kona, Hawaii. And I was curious that when you make your way to the Hawaiian Islands, what is your favorite Hawaiian fruit? Look forward to see if I ever run into you out here. Take care, brother. Well, hey, man, thanks for for calling in from Kona. You know I love Kona. I'm there a lot. I was just there about 10 days ago. My favorite Hawaiian fruit, man. Well, listen, I'll get to that. But you know my favorite Hawaiian thing is I go to that little gas station right by the airport and I get this spam. You guys have a name for it. It's like a typical like local Hawaiian thing, but it's basically like a spam California roll. Masubi, I believe it's called. And it is the most delicious thing in the world. Spam wrapped in seaweed and a little, mm, you guys know what it is, but that's my, that's my all time favorite Hawaiian thing. But fruit, uh, you know, I mean, you can't go wrong with anytime you can get fresh coconut, you can't go wrong. Coconut juice, you know, I mean, I, I think I'm going to go with that. I have to say, I'm not a big fruit person on food. I like fruit as fruit. I like fruit as dessert. I like fruit as juice. Don't put it in my salad. Don't put it in my salsa. Every once in a while, I can, I can with a fish taco, you guys are big with putting it. You can make it, if anybody can make it work, it's the Hawaiians. If, if anybody can. But I kind of like to keep things in their lane. Fruit should stay in its lane. But anyway, I um, hope to see you um, in Kona on the Big Island. It's one of my favorite places in the world. And thanks for listening to Literally. She's the best. There's a reason why she is America's sweetheart and always will be. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Nick Liao, with help from associate producer Sarah Bagar. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Editing by Jerron Ferguson. Engineering and mixing by Rich Garcia. 
Our executive producers are Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and myself for Team Coco, and Colin Anderson for Stitcher. Booking by Deirdre Dodd, music by Devin Bryant. Special thanks to Hidden City Studios. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally with Rob Lowe. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR.